Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Dollars and Dwellings, the podcast that unlocks the secret of financial success and homeownership. I'm your host, Regine Etienne. And today we're going to talk about uh, a topic for anyone dreaming of owning their own piece of real estate, getting approved for a mortgage. So you found your dream home. But how do you turn that dream into reality? It starts with the mortgage pre-approval. So today we're going to break down the key elements you need to secure that coveted mortgage. So let's get started. Step one, know your credit score. Lenders use that three-digit number to evaluate your credit worthiness. The higher the score, the better your chances of approval. So if your credit needs a boost, Consider taking steps to improve it before applying. Well, you can apply. Me, what I do with my borrowers, I encourage them to apply because my belief is that in order to get in the game, you need to know where you stand. So what I do usually, I look at their credit. uh, I do a preliminary of the credit. I pull one file and then that tells me where they stand right now. And And then I give them ways to improve the credit for mortgage purposes because it's not everything that's on your credit that you need to pay off. We're going to do a podcast just on credit. But right now, I want you to know that you need to know your credit. So go ahead. There is an annualcreditreport.com. Do not use Credit Karma. Credit Karma is not for mortgage. You can pull your credit on annualcreditreport.com and that will give you from all three bureaus and then you'll be able to evaluate what your credit is like. If you want the score, usually you have to pay for it, but I don't need the score. You know, I wouldn't need the score right now. I would need to see what's on your credit and that would tell me as far as history, payment, what's on your credit, where you stand. So first, know your credit. So go to annualcreditreport.com and pull your credit. So step two, it's income and employment verification. Lenders want to ensure that you have a stable income to make those monthly payments and and prepare to have your pay stubs. We we ask for like one month worth of pay stubs. Your W-2s for the past two years, if you're self-employed, prepare your tax returns for the past two years, and other income documentation that proves your financial stability. So if you are on Social Security, that's income. If you are on disability, that's income. If you have child support, that can be used as income. You know, they they all have their own guidelines, but it can be used as income. And annuity, you know, all these things, we can look at it, and there's a lot of things that can be part of your income, you know, a good loan officer will ask you more questions, you know, about, about things, because sometimes you might not think it's income and it is. So believe it or not, unemployment can be income. If you are someone who works a seasonal jobs and after, you know, you said, say you work nine months out of the year and the next three months, you do get unemployment check, and this, some, this is something that has been going on for at least two years, then unemployment can be income. Step three, down payment. 
So saving for a down payment is a significant milestone. Most lenders require a percentage of the home purchase price up front. So that's your contribution to the loan. And the more you can put down, the more favorable terms you'll get. Because the more you invest in yourself, the more secure the lender gets. Because believe it or not, I mean, most people don't understand that. It's two of you buying the house. It's you and the lender. The lender's investing most of the money. But the more you can invest for you, the more, the better the rate that you're going to get. Because that, that's a thing that factors into the rate also. So how do you save? I tell people, uh, you, you know, income is something that either you have to create by doing something on the side, or you have to take side hustles, or use the talent that God gave you and make something out of it. Or if you do make money, a lot of people make money, but they spend too much. So look at your bank statements. What do I spend money on that I do not need to spend? Um, one time I had uh, a borrower. I said they were making a lot of money, but they were not saving a lot of money. And I was like, Can, I want to see your bank statement. Let's go over your bank statement for the past two, for the next two weeks. So... You know, people have to be pretty. People have to have a life and enjoy life. Yes. But when you have a goal to buy home, you have to shift your mindset. So the luxury goods out, the eating out every day out, you know, Starbucks is going to need to turn into coffee at home um, or, you know, the weave and the nails and the lashes and all those, all these things, you might have to go with what God gave you for a while, you know, and make it pretty. Uh, so those are the things that we had to do for her to save some money. And believe it or not, by cutting down, she was able to buy the, her house within a year. So that's, you know, saving, there are strategies to saving and all the things I'm talking about today. We're going to have a podcast just for that, to break it down. Because it's this right now, this is just the surface. There's so much that goes into each one of those, you know, steps, key elements of buying a house. And then step four, there's debt-to-income ratio. So the lender will look at your debt in relation to your income. So we tell our borrowers you have to keep your ratio as low as possible by paying down existing debt and this way it shows the lenders that you know how to manage additional financial responsibilities it is by your habit on credit that a lender knows you they do not know you you know from adam and eve so they know you on paper they know you through your bank statement. They know you by how you work your job. They get to know you through how you pay things on your credit. So this is a way where a lender can objectively learn of someone's character because we can't get to know everyone. You know, I can't be your friend. You know, even when I'm doing your mortgage, I, I as much as I love you, I'm I'm your friend. You're my you're my best friend. I have to judge you by what's on paper. So manage your debt-to-income ratio, right? So it is how much of your income are you using to pay your debt? Some people make $100,000, $200,000 a year. 
and they cannot buy a house because they have so much back end debt that's on their credit that they are paying the the car the the line of credit the all the credit cards the the vacation um you know timeshare you know all these things go into your debt to income ratio they we call it back end ratio that's that's not something that's related to the house that you're paying but it's something that's related to your debt that's on your credit report so that's called back end ratio so for uh, for example 46.99 of your income is what we allocate to pay your house so that's for the FHA loan. Uh, conventional loans have a different ratio. It's 50. It's 50. So that means that if you're making $100, conven conventional says you can only use $50 to pay your all your debt, right? All your debt together. So they give you a limit. They make a budget for you. That's why some people can pay your rent. But they cannot pay a mortgage because the mortgage the might do not factor your debt to income ratio, but mortgage does. They do have a budget that they for you that they have to uh, abide by. So it is you have to be mindful of what how you spend your money and how you use your debt. So uh, debt to income ratio is very important. That's one of the factors that a lot of time make somebody do not qualify. It's not that you're not making money. It is that you are spending too much money paying down debt. Uh, so be mindful of that. So we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll show you what it looks like as well. Cause I'm going to make videos that, you know, where I show you visually, you're going to see my face, you're going to see slides. And I'm going to show you visually of what it looks like. So look uh, on our Facebook and Instagram and, you know, social media pages, and you'll be able to see those as well. And I'll do some podcasts that are video, um, that are video as well. So you guys can meet me in person and see, and see what, what I'm talking about visually. And also you have you, the step four, no, that's step Step five, you have to choose the right mortgage. There are many mortgage options. There is the FHA loan. Uh, there is the conventional loan. Within conventional, we have home ready and home possible. You can take a loan and within the loan, you can also fix your house. There is VA loan, USDA loan. So there is all type of loan programs to help a borrower. And it's a it's a job of a loan officer to tell to you know to guide you as to which are better for you. They have to give you a choice. So understanding the differences will help you select the loan that aligns with your financial goal. So step six. So before you can go house hunting, it's good to have a pre-approval letter. This is the letter that tells you okay. Based on what we see right now, this is what you can do. Um, and it depends on the area too, because every single house, every single area have their own tax, their own, you know, homeowner's insurance. 
not nothing is is cookie cutter in mortgage so that's why i tell people do not listen to what other people tell you because your mortgage is very very personal it is not because someone has a, this mortgage went through this experience that you're gonna go through the same thing mortgage rules are not cookie cutters that we have guidelines that we have to go by but a good loan officer like me we know how to navigate through the guidelines and get you home it's crucial to consult a mortgage loan professional for personalized advice because like i said mortgage is very very personal it is not your mother's mortgage it is not your cousin who just bought a house it's your mortgage it's your circumstances because no you don't need to be working two years to buy a house the minimum is six months we'll go over those things when i talk about income when i delve deeper into what income and what type of income and how we calculate income so yeah so this is today so this is what we got, we we talked about so the key elements of a pre-approval is credit know your credit it's income so save those pay stub i know that you know technology and nobody really look at their pay stub anymore they know they get paid it's good to look at your pay stub because we see a lot of things in a pay stub so Save your W-2s for the past two years. If you are self-employed or if you have a house that you're renting, if you have other income that goes into your tax return, save your all pages of your tax return. Save your business tax return. If you're on Social Security, we want to see your award letter. If you're on child support, save those child support papers from the court. We don't want it verbally. So paperwork, save all that. So um, we look at down payment, saving, debt-to-income ratio. We analyze it and we tell you what your debt-to-income ratio, ratio is. Does it fit? If it doesn't fit, there are ways to make it fit. We'll tell you. And also choose the right mortgage type because not every some mortgage requires 3%. You can get a conventional loan at 3%. It's possible. Okay, we will tell you what's available based on what we see when we do the analysis. But it's good to learn. It's good for you to know. So you can know, is, is the mortgage an officer giving me the right information? It's also good to shop around. I want to teach you guys how to get in a position to get a mortgage and to know when somebody is giving you the right information. And I want to encourage you to also go look up these things for, for yourself. Keep your credit if you want to get the best rate. The best rate somebody can have with the 740 credit score can be one thing one day and tomorrow it's a different thing. Same thing for somebody who has a 580 credit. I hope that I was clear but if you have any questions feel free to call me my number is at the bottom if i don't answer do leave a message at my email address as well you can send me a message and i'll do my best to return it in a timely manner but i will return it if i do get the message so um 
So thank you for tuning in today for Dollars and Dwelling. And we hope this episode brings you one step closer to unlocking the door to your dream home. And join us next time for more insight into the world of finance and homeownership. Until then, this is Regine, your host, signing off. See you next time on Dollars and Dwelling. Have a blessed day.